Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. My name is Jesse Fritz, if you are new here, and I am the host on the show. So today's podcast episode is with Amy Slater of Amy Slater Coaching. So Amy's mission is to break the normalization of poor health, and she works directly with mamas out there. Amy kind of took us through her story with having two sets of twins, but the infertility that led up to that and other different chronic conditions that she was dealing with. She also tells us all about how she helps women regain their confidence and control when they know that something isn't right, but they can't quite put their finger on it. So kind of thinking through the opposite side of having a baby, right? Like once you have a baby and you then become a mom, but then maybe you're having a hard time figuring out who am I outside of being that mom. Also within that, my body doesn't feel right. Something feels off and you just can't quite put your finger on it. So that's kind of where Amy comes in and she is telling us all about how she helps women, how she helped herself, and all the different ways that you can work with her. What I really loved hearing about from Amy was her story and I think that you guys will all very much connect with her. She is another North Carolina friend which I totally forgot about until we got on the call and it was it was just nice to hear from someone in the state. So without further ado, Let's jump into the episode. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Please rate and review the show so that we can continue to grow over here. I have some big plans for 2021 and yeah, let's hop into the show. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. I'm so excited today to be talking to Amy Slater. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Of course. We were just chatting. We're like in the same area. I feel like it's so beautiful here today. So I'm so pumped to to talk to you on the podcast today. So I wanted to kind of jump right in and give you the floor. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and your story? Sure. So my story is long and varied. Um, I, 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 when I was growing up, um, I was a really active child and into everything and um, was diagnosed very early on with ADHD mm-hmm. and um, put on Ritalin. And, um, you know, that, that kind of directed, redirected my trajectory. And in some ways, um, it muted some areas of my life and then in others, it really accentuated them. And in one of the areas that it really accentuated was my passion for learning about the human body and learning about fitness Mm. because fitness is an exercise was one way that I always felt at peace with myself. I felt the most normal when I was exercising Mm. or around others when they were exercising. Um, I dove into everything because what happened when I started taking the Ritalin was going from very scattered Mm. and interested in many things. I became very hyper-focused and, um, I was able to really devour all kinds of material. Um, School was not one of them, but anything that had to do with fitness, uh, I learned about and dug into very much so. Um, And then as I went through um, high school, I kind of still stayed on that track and was really interested in all things exercise. And then when I got into um, college, I, I had a lot of stressors in my world and used exercise as a means to cope for them. Mm-hmm. In doing so, um, I pushed the envelope on all levels and mm-hmm. got into some extreme sports. And really now looking back with the knowledge base that I have today, 
understand the amount of overtraining that I was doing to cope with um, emotional stress that was extreme in my world at that time. And that was my outlet. So in doing that, it caused another effect. And the other effect was that <clears throat> I, it caused me to have hypothalamic amenorrhea where I lost mm. my period mm -hmm. um, because of the extreme amount of overtraining. Um, I lived in a lot of moldy apartments in college. I went to school mm. at Western Carolina and they were very old and in the <laughs> mountains and a lot of, lot of cabins, yeah. a lot of like places that were fine in college. But now looking back, really gross. Um, yeah, was on the whole low fat bandwagon at that time in mm -hmm. the late 90s, early 2000s and really screwed up my body big time. Had a, a lot of acne. I was on many, many rounds of Accutane antibiotics. Um, but at the same time, physically to everyone else on the outside, I was the epitome of fitness. Mm. But I was really struggling on the inside on every level. Really hard to focus unless I was exercising, unless I had had a hard workout, despite still taking Ritalin. Wow. So when I when I left college and graduated and um, went on to continue my education, some of my symptoms got so bad that I was starting to be screened for carcinoid cancer. Oh, wow. I had flush, yeah, extreme flushing. Um, my ears would turn bright red. My, my face would turn bright red. So it was like rosacea to the extreme. Mm. And it was my adrenals were so overtaxed at that point. My hormones, my thyroid was so dysregulated mm -hmm. that my body was basically just burning hot yeah. basically all the time. Um, I was starting to struggle with a lot of joint pain, a lot of bloating, um, gut dysfunction, um, events that used to be really easy for me when I was racing bikes were starting to get very difficult mm -hmm. and I didn't know what was going on. Um, so what did my next best step thing to do? I decided, okay, I've been married for seven years. I, it's time to have a baby. Mm. And yeah, in the <laughs> middle of all this, um, again, just kind of grabbing for different, different ways to fix gaps yeah. in my world. And that's what I can look back on and say now with full disclosure and full transparency, not with pride, but that's what was going on. And that's what I felt. And so I went through still with hypothalamic amenorrhea, been about 12 years now since I'd had a period. Wow. And I went through with ovulation stimulation and which is just as a stimulate ov ovulatory cycle, ended up getting pregnant with twins and fortunately was able to carry them to full term. Mm. Of course, I exercised the whole time and I ate what I thought was healthy at that time, was starting to learn different things about nutrition, starting to learn different things about um, Weston Price Foundation, mm. nourishing traditions, which is more ancestral way of eating. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my life, I felt the ability to eat real food. I didn't tell the ability to eat to control the size of my body or the performance of my body. Now mm -hmm. I knew I was growing, growing to humans and yeah. I needed, that was my performance outcome. Yeah. So that's where all of my then hyper-focus went to. Mm -hmm. So went through my pregnancy and had these two boys, didn't realize the level of depletion that I went into the pregnancy with but it showed up very soon afterwards. Mm. Um, when the boys were born, um, I had a C-section, mm -hmm. did great. After the C-section, um, I wanted to nurse them for a year. 
and I ended up making it to about 11 months before they self-weaned. But in that time, after the pregnancy, which is a lot now where my, my mission is with moms, is I, I had a major identity crisis because mm -hmm. it was, um, I went from being this athlete where everybody looked to me as being the role model of fitness to now I was, in my eyes, just a mom and mm -hmm. just like, like everyone else. And it was very stressful and difficult to me because I had nothing to really identify myself with. I lost big pieces of myself in that process. That and I was struggling with a lot of anxiety. Um, I didn't know what to do with the babies. I had never been around babies before. Um, I just was all new to me. And I was having difficulty connecting with them and difficulty knowing how, what to do and how to interact with them. Mm -hmm. um, now looking back, I realized that it was most likely postpartum depression, a version of it. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, I had diastasis, which mm -hmm. is a separation of the abdominal wall. Okay. And it's when the two rectus bellies separate and um, you end up getting a gap in mm -hmm. the midline. And I didn't know how to remedy that. I wasn't diagnosed until much later, until about 11 months after the pregnancy. And um, despite having starting exercise, I just never felt right. I felt twisted. Mm -hmm. I felt very difficult walking. Um, I started having autoimmune symptoms because mm -hmm. of the level of depletion going in. And it was in that time between the first pregnancy and the second pregnancy where I really dug in and started to learn about, number one, how to get myself on track because I knew that these babies were here and I needed to get myself together. I needed to learn how to feed myself. Mm -hmm. And I needed to learn how to feed them. And I needed to learn how to stabilize everything. Mm. So before the pregnancy, I had gone off my Ritalin because I knew I didn't want to take it during the pregnancy. Mm. And curiously enough, after the pregnancy, when I started eating my diet around, um, I realized that these symptoms, the ADD symptoms had, had, had halted. Mm. So I, I started learning more about the brain, how, and the gut and nutrition. And I started working with a naturopath mm -hmm. and we identified food sensitivities, identified gut imbalances, um, learned about a methylation defect that I had had. Mm. And if you want me to dig into any of those, we can. Um, yeah. But when I started correcting those, my world started to turn around. Mm -hmm. And when I started learning about how to move, mm -hmm. how to regain strength and control of my body, I started to feel empowered that I could make changes in my world. Mm -hmm. And that's where now um, going into where my business lies is helping moms really regain that confidence and control when they can't put their finger on what's wrong, but they feel a lot is amiss. Mm. So after that pregnancy with the boys, four years later, I had a second twin pregnancy what? and I had, yeah, I had, um, at this point I still was, had hypothalamic amenorrhea. And so we used ovulation stimulation again mm. and I got pregnant with the twin girls and I made it almost the full term, but had, ended up delivering early. They came early and we're in the NICU for eight days. Mm. And that was very stressful. Yeah. But um, I was able to stay with them at the hospital the whole time because I just, I couldn't leave them. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And so um, 
had a different connection with them right away because all I had to do was focus on them. Mm-hmm. And I just was with them basically 20 hours a day, as many as they would let me. Yeah. And, um, and so it was different. I had that immediate bond with them and I felt more confident as a mother going into that second twin infancy, I would guess mm-hmm. you would call it. I also had a huge diastasis coming out of that pregnancy, but I knew what to do and how to heal and how to recover. Mm-hmm. So now my mission and what my, my focus in my business is about is bringing these pieces of the puzzle together for moms mm. because so many of us are struggling and it's not necessarily even in that po- immediate postpartum period because there's so much support, so many support programs, so many support options, yeah. but it's like when babies are no longer cute and nobody's hanging around anymore, yeah. what happens you know, when that baby's now in third grade or fourth grade? Yeah. And whenever they do go back to school or even in kindergarten and you're like, I just still feel off. Something still feels not right. Mm. Like what, what do I do? How do I remedy that? How do I get to feel like a human again? How do I maybe get a piece of that vibrancy back that I had before I had kids? Mm -hmm. And many moms are afraid to speak up and say that because we're supposed to be just overjoyed with our, you know, our world. And there's that guilt that's attached to it. Yeah. I feel like too, there's so much information about getting pregnant. Um, but there's never, I don't hear as much about like what happens afterwards, like what you're talking about. And like when, when you are struggling with like, wait, what am I, what am I doing? Who am I (laughs) besides quote unquote, just a mom, even though that's such Mm -hmm. a huge thing, but like, who are you outside of that? Like, what do you dig into there? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's such a powerful and important component. And especially for moms that were used to being active or have an interest in being active again, and Mm -hmm. they want to be, but physically feel like there's a huge barrier, whether it's Mm -hmm. thyroid dysfunction or they, you know, are struggling with weight control and that just becomes their world. Like I talked to a mom the other day and she said, I don't want my weight loss to rule my life. And I feel like it's always on my shoulders. Like I, there's nothing I can do to lose this weight. And there's such a societal pressure to, and the number one thing I absolutely cannot stand is the get your body back mantra. We just need to shove that off the table completely because it's just, your body is forever changed, but you can still own it and still own, own your personality, own who you are. And mm. it's doesn't, you're not defined by your body, but it's easier said than it's easier spoken than acted on. Yeah. Do you, are there, um, do a lot of women kind of experience some sort of health issues or just like I feel like you're saying so many people talk about like, wow, I got my body back really quickly or I felt normal really quickly, but nobody ever really talks about like, maybe I don't, or they're afraid to because they're, do you notice that with women that they kind of feel like they don't want to talk about it or things like that? Yes. Because we normalize symptoms. Like Number one, there's no time to get any care for ourselves because we're always taking care of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like there's no time, especially even with the pandemic, there's no time to go to a pelvic floor physical therapist. Yeah. There's no time to go and to take care of myself and 
right? Says, go take a hot bath. Like what? Like (laughs) when do you do that? Like when do you go and meditate? You, you, it's nearly impossible. So even before that, you set pandemic aside, it's the, the thought process of maybe this isn't normal that I'm leaking when I, now I'm trying to exercise. The doctor tells me it's normal. It's normal to have, have that after you have a baby, but you know, is there anything I can do about it? But mm-hmm. my doctor's telling me all my labs are normal, but I'm exhausted all day long. Like I just, mm-hmm. I wake up feeling crushed, but I can't, I can't sleep at night, even though I'm so tired because my mind keeps going. Yeah. Everything I eat feels awful. I'm bloating after everything I eat. And so all I want to eat is like my kids' snacks or like mm-hmm. little fast, quick processed food because the only thing that feels okay on my stomach, definitely not a salad or anything that's going to be really nourishing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these things are so common and it's like this cluster of symptoms that goes together. So my, my, my thought is go to the roots of it, right? find where it all originates. What is, what's the, one of the major drivers of it? And you're going to look at the gut mm-hmm. and the microbiome because it is, it's one of the, it's the, the biggest driver in, in movement exercise. Like mm-hmm. what are we doing for exercise? Are we just trying to burn calories? We're we just trying to get to that boot camp because we don't have time to do all the foundational stuff and we end up breaking ourselves down and furthering dysfunction. Mhm. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm not a mom yet, but the the exercise thing when you're talking earlier um definitely hit home for me. I went through a period of extreme workout dieting, low fat, like you said I was counting macros. I was very specific about what I ate and how much I worked out and I was working out way harder than I should have, but I liked what I looked like. I liked the, yeah. the, what I was getting from it. And then all of a sudden my body was like, no, <laughs> we can't take yeah. this anymore. And, um, and like with my Hashimoto's and stuff like that, I went through a period of almost two years where I really couldn't work out much at all. And now I'm at a point where I like want to get back into it, but it's kind of just this mind game of like, but I don't look like how I used to. I don't think I'll ever be able to look like how I used to. I'm like afraid to go in as hard as I did because um, I'm like, I made myself sick. But at the same time, I also know that just like sitting on my couch all day isn't helping me either. So it's kind of this like weird balance that I'm sure is similar, you know, to like you go through pregnancy. And I think a lot of people are thinking about like, how am I taking care of these babies that I'm growing? Not necessarily like, how am I also taking care of my own body? And then after 10 months of that, nine months of that, then you have the baby and then you're like, well, (laughs) now what? Like, how do I I get restarted in this? Right. And there are more and more programs coming out, especially for postpartum. I wrote a program. There's some really good ones. Brianna Battles, Jesse Mundell. These are all really good trusted resources for moms that either are going from very little exercise before moms that were like super fit, really active, and then want to get back into that and do so safely. But, um, it's the, when there's a, even a further gap and we have this big gap and we don't ever address the, the healing process that needs to occur postpartum. Yeah. Um, and we don't have enough movement or the right kinds of movement and tissue gets lo- glued up. 
our fascial system that doesn't ever come back and reach full integrity if we have diastasis, if we have prolapse, if we have incontinence, impostures not addressed, who puts these pieces of the puzzle back for us and writes that plan? Mm. Um, and that's where women can get frustrated and end up having more symptoms because stress breeds more stress. Stress, yes. stress breeds dis-ease, like with Hashimoto's. Like if your body is off, your, meta- your, your thyroid is off, everything is off, like mm-hmm. everything. And so with the same thing with, um, with moms, if you go and, and you are stressed internally from poor movement quality or from nutritional deficiencies, everything is off. So you have to address those foundations first. Mm-hmm. So when, in my coaching practice, we go through a screening and talk about like, are you having a bowel movement at least mm-hmm. one to three times a day? And that's like, moms are like, Yes. And I've even had people answer yeah, yes on the screening form. And then we get into supporting the body with supplements after going through the functional labs. And it's like, oh yeah, I feel really sick now. It's like, okay, are you using the bathroom? Well, I only usually go once a week. <laughs> yeah. And that's like common. That's very yeah. common. That's, but that's maybe common, but it's very abnormal. And so addressing that first and then, okay, we're going to start doing our movement sessions together, but I'm finding that I'm leaking when I'm doing lateral lunges. Mm. Okay. I didn't know that because it wasn't on the intake form because people normalize it so much to where it's just part of their identity. Yeah. And it's not even something they they consider writing down because it's not an issue for them because it's always been there. Mm. So those are cases then where we refer out and work with pelvic pelvic health physical therapists Mm -hmm. and get that addressed first and then get the foundation laid and then you can move into a proper fascial training system. And that's, what's different about movement training with me and is we're not going to train patterns. We're going to train your fascial system Mm -hmm. for everybody. That's not familiar with fascia. It's the, it's basically this proprioceptive rich organ. It's so fantastic. It's the nervous system is, is, it's heavily innervated with nerves and it wraps around your entire body, envelops every bit of you um, from your in-between organs to around muscles. It's this connective tissue sheath that basically gives us the structural integrity to um, hold shape. Mm. And after pregnancy, that fascial system is disrupted Mm -hmm. and the connective tissue system is disrupted, especially if you have a diastasis or you have a C-section, if you've had an abdominoplasty like I have, and we haven't even talked about that, (laughs) all of that gets, um, gets disrupted and you have to retrain that. We have to learn how to control our bodies in space. Mm -hmm. And so learning that and, and practicing strength, um, training and learning how to train the core in, an, in the pelvic floor in an integrated way puts the power back in your hands. Mm-hmm. Because once you have those foundational components in place, you can go anywhere with your movement. Mm-hmm. But in, until that's in place, if you try to go and you don't have the foundation laid and you try to build this house on top of it, it's going to crumble at some point yeah. and something's going to come out. And so that's where it's, it's empowering to know that there is a method, there's a process out there that's that brings back that confident, that movement confidence. Yeah. So what are, I mean, we've talked about it in little bits, but like throughout our conversation, but what are some of the ways that you work with women? If someone's listening and it's like, wow, I, I know I need help with this. Like, what are some of the ways that you work with women? 
Well, obviously now it's all remote and yes. partially because I have all four children home from school and oh my gosh. <laughs> that's a whole adventure in and of itself. <laughs> um, and, um, but, but online. And so we, I'm a functional nutritionist, so mm-hmm. we run labs and, um, I believe you interviewed one of my friends, Angela. Oh yeah. Angela. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's, she's amazing. Yes. Um, so we're, we run around the same, um, the same t- similar type of a business. Okay. And, um, I, I run a microbiome assessment. So we use a stool test to assess the microbiome. Now this is fantastic because it, it looks at not only your digestive capacity, so mm-hmm. how well you're digesting your food, but also it looks and sees what are your probiotic balance. What beneficial bacteria do you have in your gut and what may be lacking? Because hmm. those, each bacteria tells a story. Yeah. And if you're lacking certain bacteria that, and you're dominant in others, that imbalance throws your body off and mm-hmm. it can affect your brain and your thinking. Mm-hmm. And as moms, we need that. We need that stability because our stress tolerance comes from that. Yeah. You've ever had a stomach ache and you're just irritable as can be. Like, can you imagine that chronically? Like if you're not if you're constipated and you're bloating all the time, you are not going to want to deal with your kids at all. Yeah. yeah. And you're certainly not going to want to exercise. Mm-hmm. So we need to get that back. So microbiome assessment looks to see if there are any parasites, bacterial overgrowth, infections, and it's really common, like mm-hmm. just to find those. Um, and then also do a mineral test. So we use, I use hair mm-hmm. and that looks to see if there's any heavy metals present if there's any mineral deficiencies or any mineral excesses and minerals are the spark plugs for our body. And without the proper mineral balance, then our body can't make thyroid hormone. It can't make sex hormones. It can't run an efficient digestion. And so the mineral balance is really important. And then I look at a a complete blood chemistry to look at liver health and blood sugar balance and all of the, just the regular CBC panel. Mm -hmm. And then also look at food sensitivities to see mm-hmm. if, um, you know, that's a really big one. And yeah. I just re-ran mine and I do it all the time because of my history with antibiotic use and all the Accutane for a skin. It just, that crushes your gut, not just for a short time, but for a really long time. Yeah. Also in our stressed environment that we're in. Mm-hmm. Food sensitivities show up big time yeah. and gut inflammation comes right up. Even if you think you're doing all the things, if you're stressed, you can't counterbalance that. Like it's mm-hmm. really hard to do anything to band-aid it without directly addressing the stress. So food intolerances, and um, this looks at 96 different foods. And then we zoom in on a couple different ones like eggs and dairy, wheat, which gives us a, a bigger picture. Mm. And um, those are, those are really important. And then the Dutch test yep. and Dutch looks at sex hormones, you know, and cortisol and sees how your rhythm looks throughout the day. Now this is important because it looks to see how you're metabolizing your sex hormones. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're able to metabolize them well, then that tells us about detoxification quality and, and all of the pieces then go together to give us a game plan. Yeah. Now on top of that, then all that, that plan to address those lab values, we look at your movement and Mm -hmm. add in a movement training system. And we work together one-on-one and then also, um, build out a program for you. And each Mm -hmm. I work with people for a minimum of four months, Mm -hmm. but more like more usually a year. 
just because it takes a while to bring the body into balance. And it's more than like, it's easy to take supplements and start exercising, but it's the habits Mm -hmm. that are really (laughs) hard to change. And that's where a coach is really helpful because you can say, you know, that doesn't work for me or this does work. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and having, having that like direct contact and especially with all of those tests, like I've gotten the Dutch test, I've gotten um, quite a few of those tests that you mentioned. And like, I look at them and I'm like, what does this say? <laughs> like, I do not know what this means. So like having, you know, I, I did mine through my coach and um, that I had a while ago and she, you know, explains it. Like to me, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know what that means. And she was able to like bring that to life and then, you know, help like decide what am I going to do here moving forward. So that's like really, really helpful. And I think coaches too, personally, like I love my naturopath. She's amazing, but I have, you have more contact with a coach. You have more like one-on-one. They like, even naturopaths still have a a much bigger roster and, you know, you're getting like an hour every eight weeks or something like that versus like getting to work with someone one-on-one. So I feel like it's, it's really beneficial for someone that, that needs that for sure. Yeah. And just having that personalization, you get to know each Mm -hmm. other. Like most of my clients, we're all really good friends now, just because you get to know each other on such a personal level. And that support system is really huge because Mm -hmm. it's a lot of changes. um, And most coaches, just like myself, have been there in some capacity and can empathize with the population you're serving because usually you have been there and you've walked in, in somehow. Mm-hmm. a little bit in their shoes and can yeah. understand. Well, and I think it's important too, like I love that you have the functional medicine or the the functional nutrition background because that that's so helpful. I mean, I'm not like knocking any of these like Instagram accounts that I see, but these like get your moms, get your body back in six weeks or whatever on Instagram. And and I think that it's really helpful for anyone, whether you're a mom or not, but especially for moms, because I think it's so societal to be pushed that you have to become thin as, as soon as possible is to like, is to test, is to see what's actually going on here. What changed, what is happening in my body, in my gut? Like we're hearing so much all over the place now of studies with how much your gut affects literally everything in your life. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really helpful to have those tests and to not just be guessing and just trying out a one size, um, what is it? One size fits all type of program yeah. where you just jump into it. And then it's like, it doesn't work for you. And you feel like your body is, you know, is trash when, <laughs> when really it just, it doesn't work for you what and what you're going through. So that's really helpful. Yeah, that's a really good point. And bearing in mind that most of those women that you see, I mean, they are, they may not be the norm. Like they're all very much awesome people and have very good intentions. For sure. Yeah. But you have to, when seeing them, many times you look at it and you're like, how can I be that? Mm -hmm. And then you end up with this self-defeating cycle where it's like, I can't be that. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't do that that perfect. I want to do, why can't I do it that perfect? And then it gets this series in your head of where like, what's wrong with me? Why is that? I've done my macros now for six weeks and I haven't lost one pound and I'm ready to just like eat my hand. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot do this. 
So it becomes also a point of sustainability. And I'm really, really big on that is, you know, I got four kids. I'm cooking for them all the time. I'm going to taste the food that I'm cooking for them. I'm going to make sure that they're going to eat it. You know, I'm not going to be able to stop and weigh my food before I eat it every time. If I was a single person, it was just me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably be able to, to swing it and handle it. But I'm not. And most moms don't have the minutes to do it. And it's many times it's not sustainable to buy the, the package pre-made meals, which is easier to stick to those macros. Yeah. If you are able to do it and you're listening to this and you're like, it works for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But for many people, it, it doesn't. And especially um, as a mom. Now, that's not an excuse. That's not an out to say, oh, well, what's the point anyway? I'm a mom now. I might as well just let it be. And that's not true either because mm. you deserve to feel really well and you yeah. deserve to function really well. It's not normal to leak. Mm. It's not normal to bloat after meals. It's not normal to be exhausted all day long. Mm-hmm. And it's not normal not to be able to sleep at night. Yeah. So finding out the whys, doing the testing, taking that investment, letting go of the new outfits, letting go of the new shoes. Like when I was going through all this testing, I didn't get anything for myself. My sole focus was like, what good is that stuff? Yeah. If I feel terrible <laughs> yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And so finding some way to make it happen for yourself and finding a trusted coach or a practitioner that you can work with and getting these answers and getting on a, a trajectory that leads you to better mm-hmm. is the most empowering gift that you can give yourself. And you deserve that because guess who else is watching? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. yes, at that example as well. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if someone was interested in working with you or following along with your journey, how would be, or what would be the best way for them to find you? Sure. I'm on Instagram at mm-hmm. Amy Slater coaching. And then I also have a Facebook group called resilient mamas and it's mm. free and we do all kinds of, um, informational lives, Facebook lives. And like next week I'm doing exercises each day for integrated exercises for the pelvic floor. Mm. Um, and then each day I post something supportive to a sustainable way of living and improving your health overall. Mm-hmm. And that's called resilient mamas. And you can just, you know, fill out my couple questions on Facebook. And then um, I also have a website, Amy Slater Coaching. Perfect. I'll have those all linked in the blog and down in the show notes as well. So people can just click them if they're not driving around doing something right now. (laughs) (laughs) But so one of my like favorite questions to ask people just in general is what are some of your favorite like routines and rituals that you do um, daily, weekly, whenever that kind of keep you feeling your best? Okay. Yeah. I, um, one of the ones that's non-negotiable is um, outside time and yes. getting my feet in the grass and on the ground. So when we were looking for a new house, it was, um, I had to have a space for a garden. And mm-hmm. I, I, that was like the primary thing, like the inside <laughs> of the house is important, but I wanted to make sure the outside was good. Mm-hmm. So the garden is really important for me and being able to get out there barefoot and walk around and grow enough different things that I can go out and supply at least the majority of my day of food. Mm -hmm. That's really important to me. Another part is my movement routine. And I, I plan that out religiously because, um, it helps to support my body and, 
um, every day, every morning, I wake up before everyone else and have my time for myself to perform my movement. And also then before bed, I do a small routine, just like mobility stretching. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the third thing would be sleep, Mm -hmm. a sleep routine that now I have drawn my children into. And I love essential oils. I have a handful that I like to use before bed that kind of like sets the wind down time um, and just a sleep ritual movement and grounding on the earth outside time. It's really important. Yeah. So important. And so like, I feel like so many people say these same things and they sound basic, but you, you'd be surprised anybody listening, if you actually think about it in your life there's probably one of those things you aren't doing (laughs) regularly because you just don't think about it unless you make it a priority. Um, But I also love too that throughout this, you call, like you're talking about movement. And I think that that was a really healthy way for me to start focusing on taking care of my body was by considering all movement, good movement. So for me, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, um, like I used to, you know, I could deadlift this much weight and I was doing this much on the Stairmaster and this many lunges around the gym or whatever. And then I was like, you know, now I'm like, okay, going for a 45 minute walk or hike with my dog and my husband. I'm like, oh, but that wasn't, that wasn't exercise. That wasn't good enough. And it, it was still movement. <laughs> like I still moved my body. So doing things like mobility work or yoga, if you like yoga or walks or like, like, like movement doesn't always have to be like deadlifting 250 pounds or like going on the Stairmaster for an hour. It can be like based on what feels good for your body. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners? I just want to encourage you guys, if you are having any kind of symptoms to reach out, Mm. And, um, don't wait because Mm -hmm. you, you can, the body is meant to heal. You can, you can get better and you can feel more like a whole you again. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I agree. I agree. Listen to that little voice that you're hearing, that little twinge that you're feeling, listen to that because it's trying to tell you something. So, but thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate your time. All right. Thank you so much.